Jesus House in Pursuit of God Discovering Purpose Maximizing Potential Impacting Lives This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London God bless you bring our sacrifice of worship, O Lord. You alone are deserving, O Master. To your name, O Lord, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to our God. Hallelujah. Evening, family. Every evening of the Pursuit of God conference, we've been reflecting on the question, who is this God? And we've heard many aspects about our King, the God of grace, the God of mercy, the God of peace. And this evening, we want to reflect on an aspect of our God that moves me to worship, and I hope it will do the same for us to take us even deeper than we have been worshipping him thus far. It is the God who is the Word. 
the God who is the Word. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible brings us many glorious truths contained within the scriptures, truths that bring freedom, truth about our salvation and the price that was paid, truth about sin and death, truth about life and godliness, truth that our king hears us when we call, Truth that all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. But the aspect of our king and his word that I would like to reflect on this evening is the experience of God's presence in the word. How he can be so near to us as we're reading his word that is him. How he can overshadow every circumstance and every situation like how, when we read how he speaks in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 37, and the Bible says, Who is he who speaks and it comes to pass when the Lord has not commanded it? Or in Job chapter 41, verse 11, Who has preceded me that I should pay him? Everything under heaven is mine. Or, again, how he speaks in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 13. Indeed, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? And uh, I don't know about you, but when I hear those words, and it's like God completely overshadows every single thing. He overshadows me. He overshadows my surrounding. He overshadows the whole earth. And he is bigger than big. And his presence is right there. Or when we read the New Testament and we follow Jesus on his journey and we watch him going from city to city, village to village, speaking of various parables and it's like we're right there with him. It's like we're no longer in 2022, but we're there at that very time with all the other disciples sitting at his feet, trying to figure out the meanings behind the disciples, behind the parables. And you can relate with them when they're saying, Lord, what does this mean? And he's saying, are you still without understanding? And I'm like, yes, Lord, I'm still without understanding. What does this mean? And it's like he's right there by our side, teaching us, telling us the way to live, to live for God. And when God brings it very personal through his word, how he speaks in Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, when he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. He's right there right there in the darkest of times he's right there or how he spoke in genesis chapter 15 verse 1 
After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. That's one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. When I read it, all I hear is, Do not be afraid, Femi. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. I remember a number of years ago when I was doing my PhD and I was about two-thirds of the way through my PhD and I was working on something, something that I had been, uh, part of my work that I had been working on for so long and a particular aspect just didn't seem to be working. Didn't seem to be working and it seemed so critical in that moment that if this doesn't work, then everything that I had been trying to do in this portion of the work would, would not be able to come to pass, it would not be able to work. And at that time, it's like the wicked one just started to try and whisper lies into my ears, trying to tell me all the other parts of my PhD that I've been working on, were they even going to amount to anything? All of a sudden, I started to think, what if this whole endeavor ended up in failure? I started to wonder. And I became so overwhelmed by this fear that I just lay on my bed and I just began to think about God, just looking to him, saying, Lord, what do I do? And I can never forget, he just laid a song on my heart saying, he knows my name, that song, he knows my every thought, and tears began to run down my cheeks because I, was in the, I didn't know what to do. It, it all felt like this was, this was going to be a wasted, and I was two-thirds of the way through, and it felt like this was just going to be, this was not going to work. Everything does not seem to be coming together. And as I was singing that song, crying, I remember he spoke to me three things through his word. First, he led me to the parable of the talents in Matthew chapter 25, and he said to me, don't be like the unbelieving servant. He said, believe whatever challenges I've set before you, whatever capabilities I've given you, whatever path I've set you upon, believe and try your best. Just do your best and trust in me. And then he said, moreover, everything that you are work working for, everything, your PhD, everything that is before you, it all has an end. It all has an end. It will all come to nothing. It will all pass away. Don't forget your hope. And it reminded me of our hope, our hope of eternity in him. And he brought me to Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, that says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And finally, he reminded me of what Habakkuk said at the end of his contemplation and prayer where in Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 to 19 he said though the fig tree may not blossom nor fruit be on the vines though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food though the flock may be cut off from the field and there be no herd in the stalls yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will joy in the God of my salvation the Lord God is my strength he will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk up on my high hills. 
And in that moment, there was a peace that I simply cannot explain that came over me. And I was actually moved to say something similar to what Habakkuk said, where I said, Lord, if I pass, you are God. If I fail, you are God, and I will worship you. Yet I will believe that you, O oh God, will see me through. And of a truth, when I came to the end of my PhD, he caused me to pass with flying colors. He alone, he alone. His word is the first place I felt his love. And though I've had many other experiences with God through signs and wonders and answered prayers, they are all intertwined with his word. They are all encircled by his word, how I've experienced him there first. And I, I, I can't imagine living without it. Cannot imagine living without the word of my king that he has given us this word where we can find him anytime, any place, every moment, every situation. He's right there speaking to us, responding to us, letting us know that he is there. And he does it in such a majestic way. For this reason, I will worship the King of Kings and bless his holy name. It's a privilege and an honor to worship him. If you know that Jesus wins, if you know that he reigns, if you know that he rules, just give him worship. Jesus wins forever. 